Hey everyone, welcome to the Leadership Locker. My name is Rich Cardona and on this podcast, we dig through the lessons of today's most exceptional leaders to help you break through your barriers. If you're trying to progress your career, if you are trying to accelerate your entrepreneurial journey, which I know you all are, if you're looking to have a smoother transition out of the military because it is incredibly difficult, then you're in the right place. My guests and I are going to give you the tools and the resources to accelerate your curve, help you surge and just crush it. So here we go. Mary Henderson is my next guest, and we had to do a lot of juggling times because where I am here on the East Coast of the United States, it's about 5 p.m. in the afternoon. For her, it's 7 a.m. in the morning because she's in Melbourne, Australia. But Mary Henderson is a personal branding specialist. She helps coaches, consultants, and corporate executives define and commercialize their personal brand into profitable and strategic business outcomes. What a mouthful. That is her LinkedIn profile. It is perfect as it is. But let me talk to you about what I know of Mary Henderson. I heard her on a podcast with Larry Levine, and I absolutely loved it. She is very real. And you know, she just started a series, as a matter of fact, on LinkedIn called Solving Complex Problems Around Personal Branding. It's literally, she's fielding questions and then dedicating her LinkedIn post for that day to answer those questions. And it's very unselfish how much value she actually puts out there. She can help you in so many different ways, but I know how passionate she is about personal branding. So for me, it was a perfect match. Now, This show focuses on making sure that we give back to transitioning service members and that we give back to veteran entrepreneurs and we talk about personal brands in that regard. So does she know those things? From our perspective, the answer is no, but that's why it makes it great. We want this outside perspective. We want the hard truth. We want to kind of also educate those who may not be familiar with our transition. We want to educate them a little bit about it so they could think a little bit deeper if they have to. Either way, we are going to get expert advice on things that can make it easier for us. And we are going to talk about personal branding starting now. Mary, good morning where you are. <laughs> How are you? Hi, Rich. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you. I mentioned in the intro, like we had to circle back a few times because of the time difference. So I'm ridiculously thankful for you jumping on this early in the morning. It's my pleasure. Absolutely. Okay. Now, you know I like to start with an icebreaker. I like to really make sure my guests are relatable and you already are, but let's dig a little deeper. And I'd like to ask you, what is some bad advice you may have given that you learned from? And tell me about that experience. That's a really good question, Rich, because I can't think of giving anyone bad advice because I usually like to stay very impartial when I'm giving advice, but I really give myself some bad advice sometimes. I really do. And I want to share one piece of advice, a bad advice that I gave myself because I think it'll be relatable to so many people. And that is that I was so desperately wanting to start my own business, leaving corporate and going down the pathway of being a business owner. And, you know, I had these visions of becoming the next Amazon or the next Google, like I seriously did. So I had this grand idea and I met with many, many venture capitalists because I was looking for funding or looking to raise some funding to start the business. And that was an experience in itself. One of the investors said to me, we absolutely love your business plan and what you're wanting to do. But what we suggest that you do is why don't you just take 
one part of the business plan and convert that into a business, start monetizing it, see if there's a market out there, come back and see us in a few years because then we've got something tangible that we can work with. I thought that was a pretty good idea, sensible. So off I go and I start my digital agency. This is back in 2005. Remember, digital agencies were still pretty new back then, right? Yep. So I start my digital agency and I also had an IT company which was designing laptop bags, but very designery laptop bags. And I got my a massive, massive opportunity with the largest retailer here in Australia. And I was doing that at the same time with the same brand under this idea that I had that I was going to build this IT company and one of the silos was a digital agency, one of the other silos was building IT accessories and so on and so forth, which on the outset it looked amazing because I got a massive order with the largest retailer, my digital agency was taking off and off I go. Two years down the track, the accessory business didn't go too well because a lot of the retailers were pulling out of that particular business mm-hmm. or, you know, ranging laptop baggies in retail environments. It almost became a speciality. There were other brands coming into play. So I sort of walked out of that business but kept my digital business. Now, the worst advice based on that is that for seven years, I actually did something that I absolutely hated. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot a lot about the digital world and our speciality was building bespoke web-based membership systems for the academic sector, just purely universities. And all of that was amazing, you know, like just the learning, the people that I employed. I had an amazing infrastructure that I built. You know, we were turning seven figures year on year. It was, and I'm talking seven years from zero, like from an idea. And then I had my second child, fast forward seven years. And I sat on my bed, I reached out to my purse to get my lip balm because my lips were dry three hours after I gave birth. My business card fell on the bed and I could see my title on my business card. And in that moment, Rich, I thought, oh my God, I've created something that first of all, I absolutely hate. And second of all, if I'm really honest with myself, the reason why I've actually done this is because I wanted my parents' validation, the tap on the shoulder that said, Mary, we're so proud of you, even though you didn't finish your degree. Wow. Correct. (laughs) Yes. Um, And that is the worst advice I gave myself, Rich. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so transparent. I'm going to admit I was not ready for that. And that is so important, especially for the veteran entrepreneur audience. I think starting your own business and validating yourself or validating yourself for others is a very sexy idea. And if you've had success in the past, you can will yourself to success. You could really will yourself. I mean, there are moments where we can dig deep and push to levels that we certainly weren't sure we were capable of. However, my litmus test, Mary, in this instance is when I go to bed, am I thinking of the business and am I obsessed with the business because I am just a motivated individual in general? And if yes. I'm able to strip all that away, if in that moment where I'm laying there and it's completely dead quiet, if I feel like this is it, then there's a problem. There's a huge yes. problem. Like, yes. So thank you for sharing that. And I mean, there's a ton we could take away from that, but we are going to get into what you are an expert at 
which is so largely important for a transitioning service member community, which is personal brand. Personal yes. brand, there's so many different definitions out there about it. And there's very unique takes on it and spins. And I know you talked about it on LinkedIn a lot, but in your simplest form, how would you define a personal brand and why it's important? First of all, let me just say, there are a lot of different versions of personal branding. And unfortunately, personal branding has actually been quite diluted in something that's sexy and it's all about look at me and it's social media connected, etc. And I just want to say that that is everything personal branding is not. My approach to personal branding is twofold. First is that you're monetizing an area or you want to monetize an area that you know for sure. So you might be a specialist or an expert in something. There might be learnings from that expertise. And in the veteran situation, there's many, many, many angles you can come from, leadership, for example. And it's really about understanding how to monetize that expertise but it has to be systemized, Rich. There Mm -hmm. has to be a methodology behind that expertise. So you can't just show up as a personal brand creating content on platforms like LinkedIn that are A, curated content, which are meaningless, or, you know, talking about yourself and being an emotional mess because something happened. That's just completely not personal branding. (laughs) That is just crying out for help from my standpoint. I don't Mm -hmm. really, as you know, I just have no interest in those types of posts at all because it's just not the way that I roll. But the point being is that when you're a personal brand, you're packaging your area of expertise as an authority in the marketplace, both on social and off social. You want to be recognized as the go-to person in one area that you know for sure and one more thing you have the ability to solve a complex problem in that one area Mm. now that is where personal branding starts the other side of personal branding is if you can't commercialize what i've just said you are not a personal brand got it so this is perfect now you said you want to be the go-to person for that. Now, if I'm leaving, I'm taking off this uniform, I'm signing my papers, I'm getting out, and here it is. It's time for me to be the go-to person. I am not the go-to person anymore. I'm literally giving it all up. I'm going to have to convince people I'm the go-to person. There's already go-to people in whatever industry I'm looking for who have been doing X, Y, and Z for the last 10 years while I was serving. So when it comes to personal branding and then you know, and then establishing your personal brand, but also finding your target audience. Mm-hmm. How can you help me dissect where we should probably start looking? Because just okay. because we have certain skills doesn't mean we necessarily want to go that direction. And sometimes it could be exactly what we want. But how would you help reverse engineer that for me? Okay. So the starting point really is to ask the question. What problem can I solve? So let's look at if you're a pilot, for example, you've retired as a pilot, which was your life for, say, 15 years. You've now left and you're finding yourself in a very vulnerable situation because you're like, where does my life go now? So the question is, it's not about what you did as a pilot. 
It's about what problems were you able to solve as a pilot that can be applicable into another industry or another person's life, okay? So it needs to kind of start from that angle because let's face it, we all have amazing skills and we have to recognise what those skills actually look like. But there's one more step, Rich. They have to be combined. The skills are actually the last thing on the list. The first part of the list in personal branding is I have to unpack who I am in my natural state of being because personal branding is all about showing up as you and nothing but you. There is no job title. There is no job description. There's no personality test reports because that doesn't exist in a personal brand. A personal brand is me. I am showing up regardless of whether I'm an A-type personality, I'm loud, some people call me obnoxious, I'm opinionated. But if that's who I am, that's who I am, right? So I have to work with that version of me. Then there's the persona. How do I want the outside world to perceive me? If I was to ask somebody, hey, if there's an actor or a musician that you genuinely resonate with, what does that person look like for you? Because you want the outside world to feel you and to respond to you in a very strategic way. You're not just going out there randomly. You're now showing up consistently as the person that you want people to connect with from the outside in. You've already done the inside out job. The inside out is all about who am I? What are my values? What are my traits? And values are really important. So these are all the, what are my passions? These are all the touchy feely aspects about you. What are my gifts? What are my natural gifts? What are my natural talents? So they need to be packaged. Part two is how do I want the outside world to actually perceive me? So I always use, you can use a musician as that, as your guide. How do you react to these musicians or actors or a famous person that perhaps you follow? How do you actually respond to them? You've got to do exactly the same. In some ways, you actually are building a rock star profile, if you will, because essentially every rock star, every actor has a personal brand in their own right. Absolutely. And then the third part is the skill set. It's what can I do with my eyes closed that I know inside out. I've surpassed the five ten thousand hour rule. I have that much experience in these skill sets that I know how to do them with my eyes closed. I can teach people how to do this. So now you've got a very solid foundation to work from. That once you've got that solid foundation, then and only then can you ask yourself, now that I have this amazing foundation, which is really me looking at myself, what problem can I solve based on this scenario? And Who in the world can I help solve a problem that I know that I can solve? What industry are they in? How old are they? Are they male, female? Are they both? Where do they live? Where do they hang out on social? What conversations are they having with their best friend at a cafe? So we have to actually look at personal branding from a breadth and depth standpoint, not just from a vanity standpoint, because it will not work. Once you've got that foundation, then you can start thinking about how can I now commercialise this? And commercialisation, that's my speciality. I commercialise personal brands because what happens, Rich? A lot of people want to start a business and 
they haven't done the foundational work, which is what I'm talking about. Sure. But the issue is that they start at the point of lead generation. I've got to make money. I've got to get leads. Got to, got to, got to. And the thing is that you can't even get to that point until you've actually laid the foundation that I've just shared. So this is unbelievable a connection I just made, which may seem obvious for listeners, but what you just said is the exact opposite of how we approach the foundation when we serve. Meaning, it's my skill set is number one, period, point blank. Like I know exactly what I need to be able to understand, what I need to be able to execute. I know yes. how much I need to learn. I need to know who I can support, etc. From there, I go to who do people want me to be? Like, how do I perform in front of this colonel? If I'm a sergeant, like how, yes. you know, am I on time? What does my captain think about me? How respectful do they want me? Am I in shape? And then from there is who am I? Who just who am I? Like, you don't have time for who am I? <laughs> you know, you get the weekend and, and after work and you have your family, but it's a slice of the pie, a, a very small slice. And it's the nature of service. And that's fine, you know, which we chose to do so. So that's so interesting that it's the complete reverse order of how it is. So that's going to take a lot of work. Now, you mentioned you're in a vulnerable state. And I wrote that down. And I circled it like a bunch of times. So vulnerability is a very interesting demon, I guess is the way to put it. Meaning we get out, we may have done incredible things, been in really dangerous scenarios. We've had to tap into our courage. We've had to tap into our potential, exceeding our potential, being there for others, being completely selfless. And you know, you would think that means I am a confident being. I'm ready. I'm going to take the world by storm. But that quickly fades in my experience and in many other veterans transition experience because Maybe you, you didn't get a call back. Maybe no one responded to the fact that you submitted your resume to a job application. So now you're vulnerable. And now you're saying they need to have a foundation. They need to work on the inside out, uh, just determine who people want them to be or you know uh, the people they want to be around and then their skill set. With all that vulnerability already kind of existing, uh, it has the ability to exacerbate probably a lot of self-doubt. How would you talk about overcoming the vulnerability of having to have a presence in the marketplace, whether it's on social or off social, and just really having the confidence to do what you need to do in order to commercialize on your personal brand or just get a job? Yes. Well, the thing is that there's two parts, but it's a really great question. First of all, when you're packaging yourself as a brand, just remember you're actually packaging yourself as a business. That's the first thing we need to understand. So let's just say someone's going for a job interview, okay? Now, I'm going to give you two scenarios, Rich. The first scenario is what everybody does, and that is they just go for the job and the title and do what everyone else is doing. They show up, they submit their CV, they show up in an interview, but they're showing up like everybody else is showing up. They answer questions, their CV is presented in a way that's no different to the person that's going to walk in after them. So it's a transactional mindset. That's not vulnerability. That's just transactional. The vulnerability is will I or won't I get the job? And there's that butterfly in the stomach feeling that, hey, I might not get this job. And also showing up after being in service for 15, 20 years, and now they're finding themselves going for a job in a corporate environment. Yes, there is a vulnerability there as well. There's no doubt about that. What I'm talking about here is very different. I'm saying that if you are going to do that, why don't you stand out and package yourself as a business? So don't talk about the job description and the job title that they've 
provided you, turn that job title and job description into a business opportunity that you've been given and show them your lean business plan. Create a business plan, not a CV when you're in the interview. That's a very, very different way of approaching the interview. You think you're going to stand out? Absolutely. The other thing about personal branding is that You have to be prepared to say and do what nobody else is prepared to say and do. That's the underlying premise of a personal brand because those type of people have one common theme and that is they're on mission, big, big mission. They're not interested in vanity metrics. They're not chasing the dollars. They know that if they drive, if they pursue their mission, that the money just follows. Now, going back to your situation about vulnerability, All of these things that I've just said applies to being in that feeling of vulnerability. And vulnerability, by the way, is not a demon. It's actually the most powerful place that we can position ourselves. I created my entire success in the IT industry, being a female in a very senior role, only 1% of the industry in IT are females in senior roles, and I happen to be one of them. I built my entire career on being vulnerable. That was actually my secret weapon, if you will. Remember, here I am a female, 99% of the people I dealt with were males, and I used vulnerability in a profound, strategic and deliberate way to actually get the contract signed, to negotiate what I had to negotiate to get the deal. So the the point being here is that anyone that's listening to this, that's finding themselves in a vulnerable situation, it's in this vulnerability that you have an opportunity to actually unpack, number one, who you are, and number two, what you do and merge those together so that when you do show up in the world, you're not positioning yourself as a job description and a job title. You are way more than that. You are a business. I love that. And I think a way I like to think of what you said is something, uh, I had a conversation with an executive coach once and he said something along the same lines, but essentially the biggest way to separate yourself is you won't get that interview if you don't meet the basic qualifications to begin with. So you're already okay in that regard. But yes. you can ask them what their existing problem is right now, this second. And if you are ready, and if you are bulletproof as far as what your skill sets are, who you are, what you want to do, how much enjoyment you get out of solving those problems, and you are able to think on the fly of what you could potentially present to them, which in your example is a business case. And yes. you can tell them, this is what I would do, X, Y, and Z. Here's how I would do it. Here's what I would anticipate would happen. Here's how I would overcome some of these obstacles that I'm not foreseeing. If you can demonstrate you could do the job, you could probably get the job. Rich, I've actually got one thing better for your listeners. Go ahead. I've actually created an actual template that I give away for free. Perfect. Uh, for- people that are in this situation. So I'll send you the link and you can actually put it under the podcast and get people to use it. There's a whole training behind it. It's all for free. Yes. Listen, Mary caught my eye many times from a lot of the content she puts out and she is as selfless as they come. There are people out there who are trying to make these high ticket offers for some of the things that she is putting out on a regular basis. She listens to her audience. She listens to the marketplace and she is always there. If you look at her LinkedIn and we were talking about it before we started recording, 
it is unbelievably consistent and she is someone who knows how to stay in her lane. And by that, I mean, she wants to be in that lane and she has her blinders on to serve. So Mary, where can we find you on social media and what's the best way to get in contact with you if we ever wanted to say hello? Most likely LinkedIn. If anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, my handle is Mary Henderson Coaching. That's on LinkedIn. I'm also on Facebook. And also got a YouTube channel as well, which has got heaps of information. So that's also just Mary Henderson. I think LinkedIn is my preference. Yeah, I mean, I'm everywhere as well, but I, I see you on LinkedIn so often doing so many great things. Is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with uh, before we sign off? I think that the one thing that I'd love to say is that transition is really hard. You know, I've been there, you know, transitioning out of corporate into my own business and it's really, really hardcore. The advice that I would like to give though, which I wish that somebody gave me this advice, in that period of transition, the most important thing that we need is a tribe of people around us that can just support us and advocate for us and just hold a space for us where we can express ourselves, ask questions. And I'm not talking about having a group of people around you where you can complain and talk about how hard things are. I'm talking about find a tribe of people that are doing what you would love to do. So you can actually learn from those people and get really solid advice, learn from their mistakes and follow people like myself, like you, Rich, on LinkedIn, because the content, I know that with the content I provide, I'm so consciously aware of the content that I produce every single day because it is in the space of serving. So follow people like me who can give you information every day. You don't have to pay for it. It's for free. And it just keeps you motivated and sane because we don't want to be in a situation where we feel like we're on our own. There's no need to be on our own. And that's the advice I'd like to leave with your listeners. I love that. And I think that piece of advice is so unbelievably important. It's the difference between feeling out of place and feeling at home to know there's other people out there with the same, you know, mission, vision, values, qualities, characteristics. That is comforting. And I don't mean for the sake of comfort as, uh, as being in a comfort zone. I mean, comforting to know I could probably learn from some of these people. Like you said, they're doing what I want. This is going to be some sort of informal mentorship. Even if that means I never talk to Mary, but I follow her content religiously and I take things away from it. And then finally, I get a chance to chat with her and I could thank her. That's a difference between meandering around people who have high numbers viral content that has nothing to do with you or what you want to do. So thank you. Thank you for everything. I appreciate it. I'm already certain everyone's going to get a lot of value out of this. And I appreciate your time. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate you too. Have a great day. You too. Thank you for listening to The Leadership Locker. For more about us, how we can serve you and for other episodes, please visit richcardonamedia.com backslash podcast. If you liked this episode a lot or a little, Please don't forget to subscribe so that way my guests and I can continue to deliver some heat and get you the knowledge that you want. Don't miss an episode. Please join our Facebook group so you get much more exclusive content. Take care.